Hey, Conspiracy Kyle here. No interview this week again. I've uh, been a little bit crazy over the past few days, family, work, a bunch of stuff. So I'll talk about that a little bit more next week. But today I'll be playing the last episode of my novel quote series from the A New Hope novel. A lot of great stuff in here about the, the trench run that Luke goes on at the end. Some little nuggets of how Lucas um, believed the story should go, which didn't really happened the way that happened in the movie, but um, pretty interesting stuff. So, so I hope you enjoy this. Like I said, I should be back on track next week with a normal schedule. Um, I'll have a, a, some really good stuff to talk about, a lot of serious stuff going on with me personally. So I um, hope you guys enjoy this episode. Have a great weekend. May the Force be with you. Welcome back to Star Wars Novel Quotes, the show where we, you guessed it, go through Star Wars Novel Quotes. This will be the last edition of Star Wars Novel Quotes. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate everybody listening in. Um, after we go through this episode, we'll start on The Empire Strikes Back and go through that as well and then Return of the Jedi, and hopefully we'll be able to do this for all the films. Um, I enjoy doing this. I enjoy reading through these stories as there's a lot of more meat on the bones than you necessarily see in the actual finished movie. So this has been very interesting for me as we as well to get some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. So here we go into the last edition of Star Wars Novel Quotes. Um, the last edition meaning the last edition of Star Wars Episode Four Novel Quotes. Here they are landing on Yavin for the rebel base. Quote, Here lay the most impressive of those edifices which a vanished race had raised towards the heavens. It was a temple, a roughly pyramidal structure, so colossal that it seemed impossible it could have been built without the aid of modern gravitonic construction techniques. Yet all evidence pointed only to simple machines, hand technology, and perhaps devices alien and long lost. While the science of this moon's inhabitants had led them to a dead end as far as off-world travel was concerned, they had produced several discoveries which in certain ways surpassed similar imperial accomplishments, one of which involved a still unexplained method of cutting and transporting gargantuan blocks of stone from the crust of the moon. From the monstrous blocks of solid rock, the massive temple had been constructed. And there's some really obvious parallels here to things in our world. If you've ever looked at any of the giant um, rock formations down in Peru, these giant, um, very smooth rocks um, that stretch on for, for miles and, and are enormous, it almost seems like they couldn't be constructed by man and that even technology we have today would be difficult to create these types of smooth, rounded, edged rocks. So, you know, Lucas is almost kind of referring to an ancient technology which has been lost amongst the years, which um, I, I've only done slight research on about the ancient, not, not necessarily ancient aliens, but ancient technology that has been lost over the years. So it's very interesting that they're talking about something similar here on Yavin 4, where things seem to have been in place for many, many years, but the devices of the current age are very rudimentary. So. The question is, how were these things built? So, very interesting uh, stuff there. So then we go on to, as they're about to take the Death Star attack run, and Luke is getting in his, his X-Wing. <clears throat> Quote, As the ground chief jumped clear, Luke commenced the final checkout of all instruments. It slowly occurred to him what he and the others were about to attempt. Not that his personal feelings could override his decision to join them. He was no longer an individual, functioning solely to satisfy his personal needs. Something now bound him to every other man and woman in this hangar. End quote. 
Once again, he's stepping over another threshold here. He is now going on an official mission for the Rebel Alliance to attack this Death Star that they just came from. And he basically is taking himself out of it. Um, it's not about him. It's not about his ego. It's not about what he can do. It's about the group. And I think that's very important for all of us. All of us bring different things to the table, whether it comes to um, podcasting or wisdom or writing or any number of things. We all have various talents, and we all are able to use those together when we talk about fighting in this truth community, alternative media, what have you. Um, and we're all a team. You know, we all have individual things we do, but as, as a whole, we're a team. So any one person is not any better than anybody else. That's It's one thing that I personally have to keep myself in, in check on. It's very, very important to remember that you're part of a team, and it's not just about you. So that's what Luke is experiencing here. And then there go towards the approach here. Quote, Ahead, the bright sphere of what looked like one of Yavin's moons, but wasn't but wasn't glowing with increased brightness. It shone with an eerie metallic glow, utterly unlike that of any natural satellite. As he watched the giant blue battle station make its way around the rim of Yavin, Blue Leader's thoughts traveled back over the years, over the uncountable just injustices, the innocents taken away for interrogation and never heard from again, the whole multitudes of evil incurred by an increasingly corrupt and indifferent imperial government. All these terrors and agonies were concentrated magnified, represented by the single bloating feat of engineering they were approaching now. So the Death Star is a personification of evil, of the Empire, of what they are. They're willing to kill any and anybody, planets, what have you, to accomplish their missions. And Blue Leader here is thinking back of, of everything the Empire's done, done terribly wrong in order to justify his, his attack on this, on this system and to give himself guidance. So it's very, very interesting, very impactful. And then here's an interesting quote here on the Death Star, just to kind of about being in the midst of battle, regardless of what side you're on. Quote, on the battle station, troopers worn half to death or deafened by the concussion of the big guns were replaced by fresh crews. None of them had time to wonder how the battle was going, and at the moment, none of them much cared a malady shared by common soldiers since the dawn of history. So if you're familiar with the term fog of war, this, this happens to soldiers on the battlefield as they're in the midst of battle. You, you really don't know what the grand plan is or if you're winning or this or that. You're, you're on a certain objective and it's always difficult to even know where you are and what you're supposed to be doing. And war is a, war is a crazy thing. Um, any one individual soldier really has no idea what's going on. You're just meant to to man this gun or do this or do that. So it's um, regardless of what side you're on, it's it's a crazy situation. And um, you know, while in some cases it seems necessary, in a lot of cases war can be avoidable. But in in this case, in Star Wars, they set it up so black and white that you know the Empire's evil, you know the rebels are good. So that's how it's set up in in this system here. And now we get to the very end. This is where Han Solo would come back in the Millennium Falcon and help Luke um, in his trench run there. And this is where Luke started to really tap into the Force and really be become a, le a true leader, a true um, important asset to the Rebel Alliance 
and the number one enemy of the Empire. Quote, this is where Obi-Wan is communicating with him after death. Quote, Luke, trust me. The tickle requested, forming words for the third time. He stared into the targeter. The emergency exhaust port was sliding towards the firing circle again, as it had once before when he'd missed. He hesitated, but only briefly this time, then shoved the targeting screen aside. Closing his eyes, he appeared to mumble to himself, as if an internal conversation was something unseen. With the confidence of a blind man in familiar surroundings, Luke moved a thumb over several controls, then touched one. Soon after, a concerned voice filled the cockpit from the open speakers. Quote, base one to blue five, your targeting device is switched off. What's wrong? Nothing, Luke murmured, barely audible. Nothing. He blinked and closed his eyes. Had he been asleep? Looking around, he saw that he was out of the trench and shooting back into open space. A glance outside showed the familiar shape of Han Solo's ship shadowing him. Another at the control board indicated that he had released his remaining torpedoes, although he couldn't remember touching the firing stud. Still, he must have. The cockpit speakers were alive with excitement. You did it, you did it, Wedge was shouting over and over. I think they went right in. Distant, muted rumbling shook Luke's ship, an omen of incipient success. He must have fired the torpedoes, mustn't he? Gradually, he regained his composure. Wow, so really interesting here. It's almost like he went into a trance-like state um, when he fired those shots. Uh, very interesting, almost like he woke up from a dream, and in that dream he had accomplished something wonderful. So really interesting how, how Lucas laid out the original vision of what happened here. Obviously in the final version of the film we don't see him asl you know, asleep at the wheel, um, but it's really interesting how he had gone into such a focused mindset like Obi-Wan had told him before, how he needed to give himself over completely to the Force, which is what he did to an extent where he didn't even really know what happened. So really interesting there. And then the final quote here uh, about the Death Star's destruction, quote, space-filled, blah, quote, space-filled temporarily with trillions of microscopic metal fragments propelled past the retreating ships by the liberated energy of a small artificial sun. The collapsed residue of the battle station would continue to consume itself for several days, forming for that brief span of time the most impressive tombstone in this corner of the cosmos. So really interesting visual description of what they had done. They had blown up this Death Star, so it's basically this, this haunting graveyard at this point for all the people who were, who were on board and are now you know, floating in space, dead. Kind of a very morbid way to discuss it, but really interesting. Uh, nonetheless. So thank you for joining me for this series of Star Wars novel quotes. Um, I've really appreciated doing this. There's a lot of great stuff in here that I really had no idea about just watching the, the films and not reading these books, the supplementary books. So I, I really I really enjoyed this, provided a lot of insight, and I will start soon a new series on the Empire Strikes Back quotes, um, and we'll continue through all these novels. Hopefully we'll be able to get through all the, the, the nine film novels and kind of provide some context here on the show. So thank you for tuning in for Star Wars Novel Quotes. My name is Conspiracy Kyle, and may the Force be with you.